0: Welcome to another episode of Tell Me About Your Damn Book. I'm your host, Stephen Lomer, and my guest this week is an award-winning paranormal suspense author who is also the grand, high-exalted mystic ruler of Haverhill House Publishing. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, please make them feel welcome, John McElveen. John, thank you for being here. Thank
1: you very much for (laughs) inviting me.
0: Absolutely, yes. Um, You are the author of the paranormal suspense novel, Hennaware winner of the 2015 Drunken Druid Award in Ireland, and nominated for the 2015 Bram Stoker Award HWA in the first novel category. With more than 50 short stories in print, you have two story collections, Inflictions, and Jerks and Other Tales from the Perfect Man, and the novella Got Your Back. A father of five daughters, you work at MIT's Lincoln Laboratory and live in Haverhill, Massachusetts. Does all right. that check out. All that excellent. Correct. That all that all tracks. Um, so that's a good overview. Um, but let's let's get to know you a little uh, bit better. Where were you born?
1: Nashua, New Hampshire. Okay. Yeah, it's um, well. Most people know Nashua. It's uh, the gateway to New Hampshire. Uh-huh. Some say. Um, and some say, uh, Salem is the gateway to New Hampshire. Like, <laughs> I say, you know, you can enter through the arse of the mouth. Whatever. <laughs> <But> <laughs> is that what you yeah. say? Well, well, now, you know, for a number of years, Nashville was a little uh, sketchy. I heard it's getting better.
0: <laughs> I, heard, right. I hear it otherwise, but yeah. OK, I well, believe you.
1: <laughs> when I lived there, it was. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> fair enough.
0: Yeah, I made it that way. OK. <laughs> and what circumstances brought you from there to here?
1: Um, a woman, um, actually. It's always
0: a woman. Yeah,
1: quite often it is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but um, also, um, I, I love New Hampshire, but I, I find Massachusetts a lot more user friendly as far as uh, I work at, as you know, MIT. Uh-huh. So it's closer. Um, the odd thing and. I've always lived within a mile of the Merrimack River, wherever I lived. Huh. I'm, I'm from Nashua, well Hudson, New Hampshire, uh-huh. up to uh, Ma- Manchester, up to Boston, then down to Haverhill, and it's always been right near the Merrimack River. I don't know if there's some some kind of voodoo-y in there or mm. but
0: maybe you're I, just following the river up and down. Yeah, <laughs> good. yes. Yeah.
1: But uh, Boston and Haverhill, Boston was the end of Hannah Dustin's. Uh, tirade and Haverhill was where she lived, so it's kind of odd that it ended up that way. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, maybe not. But
0: <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about your wife for a second. Yes. Roberta Colasanti? Colasanti. Has one of the most extraordinary resumes yeah. <laughs> I've ever seen in my life.
1: It's yeah, extraordinary. Yeah, she's an extraordinary woman.
0: Does sharing your life with a brilliant, driven woman like that rub off on you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
1: absolutely. She's um, and actually, she has. Since meeting her, my life has just improved, and um, and uh, she says the same for her. You know, in reverse. So, um, meeting the right person is after a lifetime of meeting the wrong person is mm -hmm. is so you know refreshing sure sure (laughs) um yes she's a psychotherapist yes and she's done amazing studies in science fields and she's uh and she's quite um quite respected in her trade uh, she's the corporate psychotherapist for Holly Davidson um, you know and but she's and also uh, she's an empath she's very um, she's just so cerebral and so um aware of people mm-hmm. and uh, she teaches something um, many things but one of them is called the Enneagram which I find is an amazing tool for character development and so you know that is a, a huge plush from this relationship, where you know we feed each other. But the um, the enneagram is it deals with the nine personality types, oh. and whether you like it or not, you're one of those nine. Sure. And, yep. um, and each of those nine types has nine levels from healthy to unhealthy. Oh. And Trump is a uh, type eight, which <laughs> is considered uh, it's considered a provider, uh-huh. but he's a very unhealthy eight, and ah. that's where it it gets scary. Interesting. You know, Wow. Wow. And well I'm I'm what they call an epicure or, or an optimist and she is a romantic and a healthy optimist is like a, a go-getter and always in and, and good good humor um, but we can tend to get a little out there, you know, like, you know, the bombs are landing you say yeah, everything's fine and, um, and she, <laughs> she can bring me back to Earth. Uh-huh. And a romantic, when they're in their health, unhealthy state, can be very um, forlorn about, you know, memories, um, you know, her husband passed away in 2009 and that, you know, of course. And there are times when I lift her up a little bit. Sure. So we work great together on
0: that. Wow. You know? yeah. yeah. You You and I, we both married up. We married up. Th- there's oh, no I, question. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely no question. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, you have five daughters? Yes, I do. Any aspiring authors in the group?
1: Um, um, well, <laughs> um, my 15 year old is, is very. Um, uh, she she's very very talented. She she sings amazingly. She she's one of those super performers that you don't even have to really push. She just does. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I can see possibly in her future. And my twenty seven year old Kaylee writes very well, except I don't think she really pursues it. So okay. I, maybe not. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. So a writer in the group, but not necessarily an author. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, if if any of them expressed an interest in becoming an author, would you encourage them uh, along that path?
1: I'd say get a good job. <laughs> 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 um, <yeah. laughs> Nowadays, it's very hard for someone who writes full-time to sure. make a living. Yes, uh, it, absolutely. St- and so many, and it, it's a very sad thing too, it can be, because um, a very dear friend of mine, Rick Haudela, um, away in 2013 and as many writers nowadays they don't have insurance they don't um, so when yeah so fortunately they're pursuing trades and, and like me if, if I didn't work at MIT yeah I would I wouldn't be <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do not live off of my writing by right any means. yeah
0: right and, right okay uh, you shared a table of contents with Stephen King yeah, in the 2004 short story collection from the Borderlands, that must have been a real thrill.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, that was, um, and, and that was my first horror story ever to get published. So that was, um, it, it was a, a surreal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, and not just for me. For so many other people, it's like, you know, and the book was it sold great.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: you know, it was financially rewarding, not for my story, but because my story was there.
0: You are editor in chief of Haverill House Publishing. What is Haverhill House Publishing?
1: Uh, Haverhill House is a revived dream of mine. Um, A number of years ago, I started Bradford House Publishing, and um, one of the imprints was Twisted Publishing, and it was, I I love publishing, Mm -hmm. I love the written word, and unfortunately a turn of events and back in 2006 and 2007 i had to kind of give up the ghost on it for a number of years Mm -hmm. so haverill house i moved from bradford to haverill so um finally after life got back and i met roberta and all my you know life is really starting to align And, and so i i said i want to get back into publishing and um so this was my a, a revival of that.
0: You have uh, 10 authors under your umbrella, approximately uh, um, 10 authors. Yeah,
1: it's gonna be a lot more by the end of uh, next year.
0: Okay, uh, plus the folks who work for Haverhill House. Is it difficult to wrangle that many people?
1: Not really. Um, they work for Haverhill House, but not directly. I mean, their uh, loyalties are all over the place. Um, our, our go-to editor, Linda Nagel, she lives in UK, uh, really, a good in-depth editor. she She's and she's not afraid to piss people off by saying, you know, that yeah, don't even me. She said, <laughs> you know, John, cut this out of there, you know. Um, but she she works for different markets around, and the same with uh, we just picked up on uh, Cat Scully. Um, but she is a, a fantastic illustrator. She's an author in her own right. Um, she's. In fact, we may be. Um, I would like to publish a new novel. She okay. now, she'll, she'll know that now. But, uh, <laughs> this is an and exclusive, yeah, people. Yes. An exclusive On Tell me about your damn book. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs>
0: How do you find time to run Haverhill House and still get your writing done all while working at, at MIT?
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> um, well, as... Exactly. You, um, <laughs> I'm part of what they call the sleep elite. Ah. It's 3% of the population. I sleep four hours a night. Really? Whether I like to or not. No kidding. If I kidding. go to bed at nine at night, I'm up at one. And no there's kidding. No getting back to sleep. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, and I'm wide awake. And, uh, it's good. They say it's unhealthy, but there's this art, article in the New York Times about the sleep elite that said, uh, you know, Obama was one, um, uh, Elon Musk. Um, will you know, I, I'm not to the level of them, as, but um, you don't need the sleep. Your your system just doesn't need it, and I've um, I've been this way since my teens. Wow. Yeah. So so that's a big plus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I have to. Um, you know, give my wife a fair amount of time too, you know, to our towards our relationship and her in reverse. Sure. You know, She's in Milwaukee right now for 11 days. Oh. So that opens up a, a big wa- window of opportunity to get a lot of things done. Sure. You know, quite often I write during lunch hour, uh, a lot of the editing, I'll, you know, I'm also fortunately able to multitask, I can watch a movie and edit and, you know, put together the books or whatnot, at the same time, you know, so I have that going for me.
0: Okay. All right. That certainly explains it. Um, Well, as you know, we have a gimmick on this show that we are contractually obligated to live up to. Yes. So, John McElveen.
1: Tell me about the damn book. Which one? Hannaware? Um, Yes, Hannaware. Well, Hannaware, (laughs) I've I've been talking about Hannaware for a couple of years now, so um, a lot of people know about it, but uh, Hannaware is... um, you know, as I said to someone the other day, and this was fairly new, and they said it's a book about abuse. No, it isn't. It's a book about three people who survived abuse. Okay, and um, it deals with two young, two twin, uh, twin sisters, Hannah and Anna, Okay. and the Scandinavian, uh, very blonde, very. Um, but they've learned, you know, they were taught by their mother, this ability, what they called is, and uh, you may have, uh, definitely most people know of it, and um, to, to dissociate. Mm-hmm. So um, they're not, per se, them are not an abusive situation, their mother is. And uh, their father died before they were born, you know, and, and um, so they never got to meet their father, but her mother got involved in this relationship to a very, um, very meth addicted, uh, bad man, bad, bad person, bad, man. bad guy. Okay. Yeah. And yep. uh, so she would teach them like when, you know, they heard the yelling to dissociate and go to a different plane. But on one unfortunate day, they witnessed the murder of their mother at the hands of this man. And they take their dissociation to a new level, almost to the astral travel level. Wow. Okay. And hop ahead two years and 1,500 miles away, um, one of them shows up curled up behind a dumpster. Uh-huh. And um, she's made, brought into the hospital, made ward of the state. And this woman named Debbie has given her case. And through working with this little unknown girl, Debbie starts to find out, you know, starts doing research to find out who she is and eventually finds out that her sister is in Hannah or you know, a Place. It's their collective names for the places. And um and her she's stuck there and Hannah is asking for help to help her sister out of this but during this um, all of this Debbie through these little girls finds out a whole history of her own self that she had repressed Wow so it's a so it's a healing book and it's a book of redemption it's a book of you know it's Terrifying at times, I, you know. And other times it's heartbreaking. But um, I, I, I wrote it with the with the hopes that it was a book of hope, you know. Wow. In the end.
0: Nice. Wow. And uh, what's next for you?
1: Well, what's next? <laughs> uh, right. I wrote a novel called Gone North. It was a huge two hundred twenty-five thousand words. I had to weed it back to about one hundred fifty, in it's mainstream. Okay. And um.
0: That's where the money is. Well, not right now. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh,
1: Unfortunately, um, as I said, this guy said, do you have anything? So I gave him the book and he wanted uh, I may have locked myself a little bit into the genre writing, but there's also the thing Again, I wrote about two sisters, but I wrote about two African-American women in 1961, first person, Mm -hmm. okay, and the thing is, is most agents and publishers won't even open the page to look or read a chapter of it, Um, you know, and I can understand with with the climate nowadays, it's a scary thought to take but many people have read the novel um, of many um, you know a, a very diverse group of people have read it uh-huh. and I get nothing but really high praise about it even people I don't know and um, and a very dear friend Linda Addison who's been at Nikon forever with us uh, she's African American as well and she quite often and a number of her panels I know has used this book as a how to handle the race issue while writing. Wow. So, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> Okay. <You> know, um, <laughs> I had one teacher that my wife gave the book to in Re- Reno, Nevada, and she said this should be required reading in every high school. No kidding. You know, so it's been a very hard sell. Um, 70, 70 uh, submissions now.
0: Wow.
1: None of them, well, Three have answered. Yeah. One said, uh, "Yeah, we don't want to touch this." <laughs> exact words. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and another one, fortunately, um, I'm not going to name names, but she's reading it, and I'm, you know, I'm sitting there, oh, please, you know, <laughs> because I have a lot of hope for it, and I think it's, uh, it has a lot of potential, and it's not, you know, it, it deals about what was in 1961, mm-hmm. and yes, there is a lot of um th- these two women deal with a lot of hatred and um but these are women of also their two sisters that, as i mentioned they're also fighters you know and they survive they're survivors again and you know, I, I think I I was hoping it would be a story that would speak to people mm-hmm. on all sides of the you know either side every side of the you know, globe. Right. But um yeah so that that's being a hard sell. But um <laughs> <laughs> so that's been kind of sitting on a table, hoping that somewhere along the line one of those publishers or agents comes back and said yeah I, I, we'd like this. Okay. Um, the next one is called Corruption, and it's a kind of a um, me trying to be Dennis Lahaney. Okay, um, <laughs> I, I love Dennis's writing. Um, he's a great guy too. And um, back in the late '90s, Boston had a um, oh, actually mid '90s, a about five episodes of children falling from windows. Okay, and um, huh. well, turns out it was a cartel, and that's how they would say, you know, where's my money? Where's my, you know? And they actually had no compunction about letting that baby fall from the window if you didn't know where you know you, if you wouldn't give them the information they want Wow so it's based around that but it's again based on there's a um, a young Hispanic woman named Maria who whose daughter ends up being a victim because her husband end up getting involved where he shouldn't have and it's about this other fellow Lou who. The same thing happened to his nephew, and he unfortunately becomes involved in the investigation because he knew some things. You know, he's a good guy, but he because of he tried to find out who did this, to, and he, he was beaten close to death. But so he finds out he knows some information, and so the, he ends up getting involved through this. So it, it's a and, um someone actually wants to read that when it's done yeah, a, a very well-known agent so, nice so there's nice. hope a lot more hope for that okay you know and if that does well maybe I can say hey you know, <laughs> yeah, the, the, damn, that sold two million copies <laughs> 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 uh, we'll your see. lips to God's ears yeah exactly exactly
0: <laughs> cool so we'll cool okay excellent well we have a segment on the show called questions from the great unwashed <laughs> <laughs> Social media questions submitted for you. I will present them to you. You do what you like with them. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Uh, the first one is Joey from Massachusetts asks, What's the worst thing you've written and what did you do with it?
1: Oh, I, I always keep what I write. Okay. I, um, because years later, even though it's terrible and you know it's terrible, years later there there's some quite often a little gem inside hidden inside that pile of dog poop (laughs) that you say oh I can use this and and I've done it with a couple stories that um, you know you you save that little piece and you start reworking from there yeah so what's the worst worst thing I've ever written probably oh oh there's too many of them there's too many of them I I can't really pinpoint one okay all
0: right so there's there's a lot of terrible ones yes okay that's, that's a fair answer. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, Arthur from New Mexico asks, what's the scariest thing you've
1: seen or done? Uh, oh, oh, Arthur. I've seen him. No, oh, no, no, oh no, really? No, oh, know. wow. <laughs> did you, did no, you do him? Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't do, I didn't <laughs> okay. do Arthur. Okay. No, you just not. saw him. Arthur is a great okay. guy. He, wor- he worked. I, I met him in uh, Intel. I was ah. working for Varian and met him. I and, see. Uh, <laughs> if it's the same author from New Mexico, but <laughs> no, go with the question again because I, I would that his,
0: his question was, "What's the scariest thing you've seen or done?" Oh, uh, besides, uh, Piran, tell me about oh, your damn book.
1: Yeah, I won't say anything about exes or anything. But um, <laughs> oh my, I, no, <laughs> the scariest thing I've seen. Um, it, well, that, that those didn't scare me. It was not scary. Um, but uh, the thing that affected me most was watching a person die in a car accident. Um, yeah, I didn't know the person but the accident it hit and I went out I got out and tried to help them but you know, they, they died hours later but uh. That that was probably the most traumatic thing I've seen, sure, Um, firsthand. Yeah, you know you see a lot of, especially with the internet now. There's a lot of stuff out there that you, you after you see it, you say, "Oh, I wish I hadn't seen that." (laughs) But um, as far as scary, you know, I don't scare easily, and that's and that's part of the thing is um, I wish I had an answer for that. Okay. you know, it's fine if you don't have yeah, an answers. It's the great unwashed, so we don't yeah. really, you know, yeah. we don't owe them anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, don't know. Uh, I just say uh, yeah. I don't know. Okay, don't know. <laughs> yeah, don't that's know. fine. What well, you know? What pass? i will we'll pass, pass on, on that, that one. question. I'll pass that's fine. On that one.
0: That's fine. Uh, Curly from New Hampshire asks, "What advice would you give someone who wanted to start their own publishing house?"
1: Um, don't go into it with any delusions of grandeur you're, you know you're not going to start off on you know flying um, but be very selective um, you know the quality what you know your company depends on the quality you put into it sure. Um, so yeah um, and there's a lot of quality out there. Just be you know be honest be honest with your writers say you know, you know, I would, this has potential, go work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's, yeah, the, the delusions of grandeur. You're not gonna be, you know, if it happens, it's it's a, uh, a serendipity and it just, uh, it doesn't happen often if it does. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but, um, but get ready to work your tail off. Okay. You know? All right,
0: <laughs> that's probably the, the best advice right there. Um, Georgie Pennywise. <laughs> that's that's a great name uh, yep. right there Georgie Pennywise asks uh, looking back on your life do you wish you'd done anything differently
1: oh my god <laughs> <laughs>
0: should well, we get comfortable
1: <laughs> um, yes and no um, because what I did in this life has led me to this point um, you know and of course there are bad relationships but I got beautiful daughters out of those bad relationships and. um and in and they were learning, you know. And I don't have any, you know, to look at it in hindsight. Probably no. I I probably should have, you know, focused more on my my schooling. Uh huh. You know, in my education. Um, you know, I was freewheeling when I got out, and I, you know, I I and I've been running ever since. You uh-huh. know, sure. I've got a lot of schooling in, but it's been you know it's a patchwork quilt of uh, degrees over the years, and um probably if I had focused more but hell you know I, I my, even my career has ended up well you know sure. I, yeah yeah so uh, a good question because in you know to really look at it no I think I've I think I wouldn't have changed anything nice just probably more intent on schooling.
0: yeah, yeah. right okay good and finally kit from Oregon asks where do you see yourself 20 years from now
1: hopefully not pushing up daisies um, <laughs> hopefully not uh, yeah I'll be I'll, I'll be um, I'll be 76 um, <laughs> at 76 I'm, I'm hoping I'm uh, retired um, because I still want to be involved in books I'd probably still be writing publishing hopefully having grandchildren maybe even by that point some great-grandchildren mm-hmm. um, just happy and healthy is. Um,
0: no one could ask for more yeah, than that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I try not to forecast because it always goes totally in the opposite direction of what I forecast. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: I think that's that's the case yeah. with everyone. Yeah,
1: I wanted to be a spaceman when I was 12, you know. There's still time. There's still time. There's still time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a spacey man, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but, um, yeah anything, um, any forecasting tends to, you know, it, it's like fate says, hell yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll teach right, you. Yeah. right. So yeah. don't commit to Silly anything. <laughs> don't commit to anything on camera yeah. because otherwise yeah. the fates yeah. will. No, uh, no I'm <laughs> will I'm jump hoping in. that Roberta and I are in a very comfortable, happy place. Um, yeah, in both uh, hugging each other still and uh, yep, yeah, still falling in love with her, with her over and over again. Whenever I look at her that's all I ask. Is, <laughs> and my kids are healthy.
0: Nothing wrong yeah. with that. Yeah. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> And uh, my final question, Yes. Um, it's 100 years from now. A young person goes into a library, approaches the librarian, and asks about John McElveen. What does the librarian say to that young person? Who? (laughs) (laughs) You can't use that Um, one. Another author already used that one. (laughs) <laughs> well, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's passé. Um,
1: <laughs> what What would I hope? Um, well, much like uh, I think, what anybody would hope is that you know, yeah, he's uh, he's added some good, you know, something good to literature. Um, to, but uh, probably the best answer is that he was a good man.
0: I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah. That's probably would, one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm not forecasting. It could happen. It could happen. <laughs> yeah. Anything's possible. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it'll give me that kick to the side and I'll turn into a total dude. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of Tell Me About Your Damn Book. I'd like to thank my guest, John McElveen. The book is Hannah Ware, and it's available
1: wherever fine books are wherever sold. Wherever fine <laughs> books are <Yeah>. sold. Um, <laughs> probably easiest to go to Amazon because there is a discount, and it can, you can get it pre-shipping next day. and or, All that good or, stuff. Yeah, or look me up. Or if you want it signed, write to Haverhill House, or you know, now I'll sign a copy and send it your way. There you go. Well, once you make
0: Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. That works. All right. Thank you for joining us, and cheers.